Hello, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Our big episode number zero. Yes, the introductory episode to our podcast. I gotta say, I'm a little surprised that no one else has done a Green Lantern cast before right now. I have to agree. <laughs> I would think for sure that just with all the attention that franchise has been getting since last year, that it would be a no-brainer, but I don't know. You would think that, Weird. yes. All right, how, from the ground up, for anyone who doesn't know, you and I actually don't know each other at all. Not a clue. Like, this is, this right now is the first conversation I've ever had with you in my life. <laughs> I was actually going to tell a little story. It's like, yes, I remember the first time I ever spoke to Dan five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so how did this come, come about on your end? Like, what made you decide all of a sudden, hey, I need to do a show? Well, I used to do a podcast a few years ago for customizing action figures, and it was fun, but with just me doing the podcast, it was difficult to stay motivated to do it. So I've always wanted to do another podcast since then with somebody else, but never could find something like a topic that I wanted to actually go for. So then I was thinking about Green Lantern, and like you said, it's getting really popular now. And I was surprised that nobody else had done one. And more than anything else, I actually wanted to listen to a podcast on Green Lantern. So I figured if nobody else is doing one, then we should do one. And when you emailed me about it, it was so random. It's like, hey, some stranger wants me to co-host a show about Green Lantern. I just kind of like almost flippantly just like said, yeah, what the hell, why not? Because it's a topic I can talk about. It's the one comic I've read consistently throughout my comic reading career. Same here. I guess in along the lines of that, should we talk about how we first, like what brought us to this particular comic and what's kept us here? I would say, why not say what your first introduction to the character was before we go into like what drew you in? The first introduction... For me, it's probably like a lot of people have the same answer to this. It was Super Friends. Exactly. Which I can't actually pin down precisely when I first started seeing Super Friends because that show's been airing and re-airing consistently for however long I can remember. It was when I was young, and Green Lantern had like such a minor role in that show, but he was there just enough for me to remember him. Like a typical show that had him in it would be like stuff's going on, Green Lantern shows up, he says something, he does, like, one thing, and then they move on. But it was always, like, struck me as I'm like, wait a minute, who's... Yeah, 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 Firestorm, whatever, where's that guy? What what was his deal? He had the, the magic ring that could shoot a laser, and that was basically it, and then he was gone. And I remember back then, like, trying to wrap my mind around the ring, even with no other exposure to anything else Green Lantern, it, it was struck me, like, well, there's gotta be more to what this guy can do. Right. To make, like, a giant snake or a giant spring or something it's like i could tell there was more to it but i couldn't tell how there could be more to it kind of thing so it definitely interests me and what's funny is like do you remember a show from somewhere in the 90s captain planet of course yeah because that's one that like everybody seems to either they absolutely remember if they've never heard it before but i started seeing that at the same time as i was watching super friends reruns again and so i was being bombarded on all sides by like this imagery of random people being given magic rings that shoot beams of energy that make stuff happen. So it just became like this really, mm -hmm. I just became really interested with just even that just concept. I'm totally on the same page with you on that. 
I love Captain Planet for the same reason, the whole enchanted rings that mm. had power. When I finally got into the Green Lantern comic more so, I just couldn't get enough of it for that very reason. But yeah, the Super Friends cartoon was my first exposure as well. Okay, the first Green Lantern comic that you read or picked up or, you know, the one that sticks out in your mind, which one would that be? The one that sticks out, I'm constantly trying to look back on, like, my early childhood to remember, like, what comics I read first and all that. And, like, I always remember I read, like, a bunch of, you know, Uncle Scrooge kind of comics when I was little. And, like, some I remember my first superhero comic, a Batman story. But for Green Lantern, I was aware of the character just on, like, like a peripheral level. Right. Until, I actually, I don't even know if they still do this, but Toys R Us used to have at the end of one aisle just like a magazine rack where they would bundle together a story arc of something or a couple random issues of something right. and just sell them like that. Yeah. There was one that had, I think it was number 51. It was right after Kyle debuted. It was the one where, like on the cover, he's being held by Mongol and Superman's flying up. And I saw that, I'm like, I remember that. Green Lantern, I remember that guy from Super Friends. So that doesn't look like him. And I'm like, well... Why not? If nothing else, it might be a cool Superman story. Right. And it was a lot of fun because, like, I actually got to see him see this character do more than just make, like, a giant hand or just fly around and doing nothing. Yes, the random punching glove or hammer or something. Yeah. Little did I know that if I had gotten into it five issues before then, that's what I would have seen. Yeah. That's interesting that that's how you got into it. I got into it, like, around the same time but like slightly earlier, and ironically also because of Superman, I picked up the Reign of the Superman tie-in issue in Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I think that was yeah. issue 46? Yeah, 46. Something like that. that was, yeah, 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 because there was that Green Arrow issue between that and Emerald Twilight. Right. Which, I picked up issue 46, and like you said, it had always been on like the periphery. <laughs> like you always knew who Green Lantern was. I remember, like, when I was really young, I never actually read the episode, but a friend of mine had an issue with Kilowog on the cover, and it was, like, all Russian writing and stuff like that. Oh, I remember that, yeah. It's, like, it's a very iconic cover. I had no interest in actually reading it, but it, just, it definitely stuck out of my mind. How, how old were you when you saw that? Uh, when I saw that, I had to be, like, I'll say that was about sixth grade. So, what what is sixth grade? Eleven? Eleven years old? Like that? Because I'm just thinking about because I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what kind of effect that storyline might have had on a little kid. Since like, isn't that the t- around the era where like Kilowogs embraces communism because it reminds him of his home world or something? I, you know, I've never actually went back and read the I- issue. You know, I, I think I actually bought it at one point, mm-hmm. but I've still never actually read it. Yeah, because he's this is going off on tangents, sorry. Right. But his home world was like this hive mind kind of right kind of setup. So like everybody for the best of everybody kind of thought process. He had the mind of like, well, yeah, why wouldn't this work? And like he actually like that's where the rocket reds came from. He built them for Russia. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. We're all about learning and the betterment of others here at the Lantern Cast. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we should probably say the Lantern cast a couple more times to make people remember what the name of the podcast actually is. 
let's just like replace verb with it. <laughs> we'll be like the Smurfs. I'm, I'm going to lantern cast over to the other side of the room right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a glass of lantern cast. Ow, my lantern cast hurts. Oh. Yeah. But I'm sorry. What were you What were you saying before I cut it? Cut you off there. Oh no, just that issue of Green Lantern with Superman crossing over. I picked that up. I really liked it, and that got me more intrigued on the Green Lantern character. And then I had a order form where you can order like the whole Emeralds. What is it? Emerald Twilight. Yeah. Yes, we're running the Green Lantern podcast, and I can't even remember what Emerald Twilight is. That's perfect. <laughs> That's really going to inspire a lot of confidence. Uh, hey, we've, we've pretty much run, we've almost run out of the issue numbers that I remember by heart already, so it's all right. <laughs> so I decided, you know, why not? I'll give it a try. I like that one issue of Green Lantern. And they said that they were going to go through major changes, kind of like Superman went through. So I figured, mm-hmm. you know... It was partly let me pick this up to see what's going on with it, and it was partly the whole speculator craze as far as, oh, here's the next character that they're going to put through changes and whatnot. And I read that, and it was just the greatest story I'd ever read with Hal Jordan going nuts and becoming Parallax, and now that's all been undone, but... What's funny is, like, I really enjoyed that story, too. Yeah. Because, like, from my perspective, like, Hal Jordan suffered from the same problems, same character problems as Superman. Is that I saw him as this kind of, like, always the right thing, borderline flawless kind of person, even if that wasn't necessarily true in the book at the time. Right. Me not being super into it. I don't know if that was the Super Friends bleeding over in my mind or what, but when I read Emerald Twilight, it kind of hit me as, all right, now this character is interesting. Right. Yeah, Parallax was one of my favorite characters. He was always out to figure out what his definition of fixing things was. Right. You know, is it just, all right, am I going to just, like, start everything over, or am I going to leave everything alone but bring back this and this? And it's a very, very polarizing storyline. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, like, if you've invested that much time in Hal Jordan and you didn't think of it as here's this character that's always doing the right thing and it's Mr. Goody Two-Shoes and kind of boring. If you had actually seen all the twists and turns of his character and you've grown up with him and all of a sudden they make him go crazy, then chances are you might not like that too much. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember one thing that strikes me like constantly is how how just like as good as the Green Lantern comics are, they have so much more potential to piss off fans than <laughs> any almost any other mainstream superhero book. You look at a... And comic fans have been conditioned to think about, about superheroes and their status. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you grow up with Superman, and you love Superman, you love Superman, you love Superman, and it's always just Superman. As opposed to if you grow up reading Green Lantern, well... You're growing up, you're reading Green Lantern, and you love Hal Jordan, unless you got on just in time for Guy Gardner, or if you got in on John Stewart or Kyle Rayner. I finally got into the Green Lantern comic, more sick of something, or a couple random issues of something. John for an issue. And then the next issue is Hal again. They're like, well, wait a minute, where the hell did the other guy go? 
Well, I don't know if it's the first issue of the first appearance of Guy Gardner, the issue where it's just the black silhouette on the cover. He's holding the lantern and there's like energy shooting out of the lantern. I know the one you're talking about, yeah. It's I don't know what issue it is, but it's such an intriguing looking cover. I mean, that would definitely draw somebody in. It was definitely a Guy Gardner issue. I don't know yeah. how early that was in Guy Gardner's career. What's cool is that with that cover... So, like, isn't that the t- around the era where, like... ...a ring and battery, it's kind of hits home the idea that Green Lantern can be anybody. Right. And I think that's part of the draw to, I guess, a, a young person just getting in on Emerald Twilight, where all of a sudden Kyle gets the ring. Yeah. I remember, really, like, when they when he finally made his new costume at the end of, I guess, 51... He had that one, like, splash page on the beach where he's just standing there. He's like, that's the first time you see what would be his suit. I remember not liking that at all the first time I saw it. I I can't remember if I liked it or not. I think I probably liked it to some extent because it was mostly the black. I had always liked the original Green Lantern costume. I think the original Green Lantern, well, I say the original and I actually mean the Hal Jordan Green Lantern costume. I think that's yeah. among the the greatest costumes that they've come up with. So I don't think Kyle's first costume was anywhere near that iconic, but I did like it. Yeah, it definitely grew on me. It just took a little while. I mean, the whole I mean, people go on about like how bizarre his mask is. That didn't bother me so much as the fact he gave himself like metallic, not quite gloves that went up his entire arm. And had just holes in the front, and that was all, like, that struck me as so weird. Well, you mean the gauntlet? Yeah, where it's like, I'll be nervous as hell about leaving my fingerprints all over the damn place. <laughs> I have to imagine that there's some sort of special Green Lantern ability to wipe fingerprints. Hopefully. They have, like, these different powers and abilities that just don't really make a lot of sense. Like, I think that there was something written one time where the ring makes people forget who you are. That sounds familiar. It's these little things that, like, somebody will say and then they'll never pop up again. Right. Like, I think at one point there was, like, I have no idea what this was in, but there was some reference that the ring, like, either distorts your voice or (laughs) makes your face just so, so, like, you can make out features but not well enough to identify somebody or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Doesn't make a lot of sense, though. No. So who's your favorite? (laughs) Oh, it's got to be Kyle. Mm. It's weird because when um when I started, obviously Kyle was the only one. Right. So of course he was like he was my Green Lantern and all that. And then as we gradually started to see more and more of Alan Scott, I started really getting into him. I'm like, okay, no, wait, this is Kyle's great, but this guy is cool. This guy is really cool because he was like almost the opposite end of like Kyle is like the new guy who's got this the kind of superhero sci-fi angle to him he's in space sometimes whereas alan is older he's down to earth his stuff is magical more grand in history as opposed to being like the new kid on the scene right and then as we get further along and we started seeing more and more characters i started realizing that i was more interested in the core than any specific character guy gardner it took me a lot of years to realize that this guy isn't just a jerk he's one of the most complicated characters in this series which I think recently more people have started to get, but he's like 
he is interesting. Like I like seeing him a lot. And John Stewart always seems like he's just kind of to the side. So I'm, I'm right now. I'm curious as hell to see them do something with him. And but just honestly, I would love to see like if if DC decided tomorrow that they were going to do nothing but publish like a monthly anthology book of short stories of Alien Green Lanterns, I would be in heaven. Yeah, I love that concept. Well, not to spoil too much, I think everybody basically knows that they're coming out with lantern cores for every color no really oh my god <laughs> yeah spoiler alert spoiler alert oh it's the last time i listened to the show <laughs> yes we just spoiled the entire series in case we just spoiled 2008 and 9 <laughs> and 10 oh my god we can only hope but with all these various colors coming out nothing would make me happier than to get like another hey i'll take i'll take another two books Give me just a Green Lantern anthology and then give me, like, a miscellaneous other Lanterns anthology. Oh, yeah. Or even, like, if we could get more Lantern-themed books out there that are good quality, I'm all for that. I want to see them stay. I've been trying to figure out in my head, like, all right, how would they do this from a marketing standpoint? Or how would they, in a practical way, how would they do this? I'm trying to figure out, all right, would they take, like, an established character we have now and make it almost like a a team book with representatives from the different cores and you're following around the main characters, the green one or that, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I would buy that. I would get like, you're talking about almost like a space justice league comprised of a representative from each of the different color cores. Yeah. That kind of thing. Although I'm not entirely sure how that would play considering what, well, we won't really don't even know anything about most of them yet, but I think at some point they will have to have some kind of council with the ambassadors. I don't know if that would necessarily make up a book. If you remember, I don't know if you read the Superman comics in like the mid to late 90s, they had that the the quintessence, I think it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Yeah, the quint- quintessence and yeah, it was a uh, Ganthet and Right, Stranger and all those guys. Yeah, like the the foremost powers of the universe, and they would just get together. They would make appearances different places, but they would never be able to support their own book. So I don't yeah. know if the ambassadors from the different cores would support it. What I was thinking a lot, along the same lines of what you were saying is that if they're going to have cores for every color – then presumably they're going to have one of every color from Earth. I mean, that's a fairly, I guess, what's the term? Earth-centric view? Yeah. But... They like to ground cosmic stories with, like, a human protagonist. Right. I think that's why that's why they have Guy Gardner as the main character of the Green Lantern Corps series right, right now. Right. But what I was thinking is if Green Lanterns are going to continue to become more and more popular, which they are, like the series, the storylines keep on getting more popular, then it's going to be like the way that they stick Superman in a book to bring up sales. They'll be able to just throw in a random lantern of any different color and tell a story using that lantern to tell their own story for that character. I think we're going to see a lot more guest stars from the various color lanterns. Oh, yeah. What I'm interested to see is when they did Sinestro Corps last year, it was almost completely under the radar. Nobody, like, this wasn't planned out as some big DC event or anything. 
and it was it pretty much just became one out of the quality of the story and the word of mouth and because of that it was very contained there was like one tie-in to another ongoing series and blue beetle yeah which and that's the kind of tie-in i like because like it used the war as a backdrop to progress the blue beetles story more i'm interested to see like now that dc knows the kind of attention that this the green lantern event can garner are they going to let it be that again or are they going to try and like market it more are they going to put it into other more books are they going to try are they going to let it be its own because sinestro war i believe was the kind of slap in the face almost that made them say you know what we have to let our books be their own thing for a while i would love to think that that is the case i don't necessarily know if that is the case one of the the biggest things that i'm looking at is the rage of the rent lantern book the recent special that just came out that's a final crisis tie-in now without actually talking about the book because i didn't get it yet (laughs) right yeah i don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it yet like you yeah which i'll just say it's amazing but but beyond that i won't go into it but something like that you're putting it under the final crisis heading to i guess try and sell more copies because People are gonna buy it just because it's Final Crisis. I mean, that's that's. I was actually wondering if the if it was supposed to go the other way, since everybody seems to be amped for Green Lantern right now, but f- the fan reaction for Final Crisis so far has seemed like really mixed. So I don't know if they were trying to like get a boost of attention by tying a Green Lantern thing into Final Crisis. I think that. Whether or not people are liking Final Crisis, that's not the important factor because Final Crisis is selling lots and lots of copies. If if you put Final Crisis on any book right now, it's going to sell pretty decent. I think maybe that the Green Lantern book, it'll have a positive effect on people that are reading the Final Crisis book. They may not think that, oh, wow, this is something that really ties well into Final Crisis, but it is a really good book, so if that makes any sense. No, it does. I guess kind of the opposite end of this, is there anything about Green Lantern in general that you don't really like or something you wish they would move away from? I don't know. I generally like most of the aspects of Green Lantern. I think the Guardians themselves could be better. I think if you have a race of beings that are as old as the universe or so and supposedly as smart as they are, a lot of times they act really stupid. Yeah, or they just assume, like, ah, everything's going to work out, and they just kind of sit back and watch it happen. Yeah. Plus, they're the kind of character who always seem to fall into the trap of you know you're you've set it up that these are these essentially gods who can do pretty much anything and they choose to just do nothing almost all the time right it's like why why even have them that's why i I always like the character of ganthet because he was more proactive thinking right you know he would actually go out and do and like do things himself did you read the what is it ganthet's tale I have it. I got it from Midtown. I haven't... Actually, this is a sad story. I put it on my to-read pile, and I don't know where in the pile it is anymore. (laughs) Uh, I'll just say that that is one that... That's one where, when the Yellow Weakness was still a big deal, 
they did something in that book that was just absolutely crazy. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. And then when you do get a chance to read it, we'll talk about it on the show. Was this Jim Starlin art? Or was it? Let's see. So I can picture that cover with the hand and all the core flying around it. But I can't. I can't remember if this was. I'm not entirely sure. I'm checking. I'm using ComicBookDB.com. Plug, plug, plug. Damn right. It's really a fantastic website. What's that coming out of your ring? It's a big green plug for ComicBookDB. Let's see. Green Lantern. Ganthet's Tale. Here we go. 1992. I didn't realize it was that recent. I always, I felt like it was an older story. Weird. No, it's it's not that old, it, and it has to be post-crisis. Yeah, true. It's penciled by John Byrne, actually. Really? And written by John Byrne and Larry McNiven. Oh, no, Larry Niven. Star- Interesting. Why was I thinking Starlin? That's weird. I don't. It's probably because it's space. <laughs> yeah, really. That That was one that I didn't actually read until quite a few years after I'd gotten into Green Lantern, and it's a cool tale. And, you know, it's... Ganthet, as most Kyle fans get a kick out of. Uh, I saw, I've seen like scans of different pages. I, rem- I think I remember him just like standing there, and his equivalent of Earth clothes is like a big red jacket with a Green Lantern logo on a necktie or something. Like the fact that he was blue wasn't gonna stick out in anybody's mind. It depends where you go. True enough. You, if honestly, if I saw a blue midget work walking around like New York City. I'd just be like, it would be something cool I would tell people when I got home, but I wouldn't really think of it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, true story. True story. When I I went to school in Manhattan, and the, the day I moved in freshman year, look across the street, there's a guy walking just down the sidewalk. He's dressed in, like, shoes that are spray-painted gold, a diaper that's spray-painted gold, and a pair of gold wings. <laughs> and that's it. Just just walking along like everything's normal. <laughs> Oh yes, that's good. That's well, that is New York City. I high fived a guy in a giant rat costume one day just because we were passing each other in the crosswalk. <laughs> Never gave it a second thought. That's really the kind of mindset you have to have when living in the city like that. Yeah. So, getting back to the question that you asked, well, is there anything that you don't like about the Green Lantern mythology? I guess for me, it's that as soon as we finish this, I'm gonna come up with like eight things I should have said instead, but. The thing that sticks out in my mind more, the most right now, is I guess it's keeping in line with how I love the core versus a single main character. Is that sometimes I feel like the series tends to get too main character centric, which might sound weird. But like when I was reading the Ron Mars run on Kyle series, he would get all these interesting supporting cast members. I don't know if that suffered from. Kyle having like almost rotating cast of girlfriends from other superhero books and if that kind of disposable nature of supporting cast members spilled over. I can't really speak to whether or not a similar thing happened pre-Kyle when in Hal series. I know of his cast members, but I don't know if they faded in and out of the spotlight. I think Hal had more, I guess, consistency with his characters, with his co-stars. Because you had Pieface, you had Carol, you had Ollie, you had Flash, and those people were pretty much a, a constant in his life. I remember like every issue or two, he would be down in that coffee shop talking with Radu, and I would think that would be awesome. And I would love seeing this guy in almost this like mentor slash friend role, and they just stopped being there. 
And then, actually, Ron Mars did bring him back for an issue somewhere in the hundreds. Right. And I have to go back and reread that because I'm still not entirely sure if that issue was a dream or not. Because there's this whole thing with is Radu like an ex-KGB agent or something? And does he know Kyle's Green Lantern? And I'm not even sure anymore. At some point, yeah, it's a little hazy for me too. But I think something along the lines of Kyle contacted him through the ring or something. I could be wrong about that. I'm not, I'm not sure. But they definitely went back to it at some point. Which, now that you mentioned that whole aspect of Kyle and his supporting cast, that reminds me of there was one other thing that I really didn't like about the you know Green Lantern stories, was how they just kind of shoved Kyle into space and just basically let everything around him fall apart so that when he comes back, he's got, like, nothing. Well, I did like it after he got to space, because I'm a huge, like, space sci-fi. Actually, that that's another thing. I always hated how Kyle stayed on Earth almost 100% of the time. I, I can understand that. It's like, hey, space cop, what are you going to do? Eh, not go to space. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's a good point. But by the same token, like, if you have a girlfriend and a job and a life and everything on Earth, and you basically just say, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to cut out for a while and not deal with any of that stuff anymore. And then you come back and everything's crap. That sucks. Yeah. It's like there was a balance there they just really didn't find. Right. You know, which is which is a shame. I feel like basically since that point, Kyle has just been not used to his potential. Yeah. I've been reading him in Green Lantern Corps. And well, just let me say, like, the Green Lantern Corps Recharge miniseries that started this, this current book is one of my favorite Green Lantern stories. And one of the big things that I was a little disappointed in after that miniseries was that Kyle was kind of taken off the board for a little bit. So he couldn't be our main character in that book like he was in that miniseries. Right. And so when he recently, I guess the beginning of this year, came back to it, I was expecting, okay, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be just like Recharge again. Not really. But he's, yeah, and he's still been like, he's been he's been there, but it's the character, who's who's writing it? Tomasi? Um... Yeah, I, I actually have it. Yeah, Pierre J. Tomasi is writing it. And he hasn't really captured Kyle's voice for me. No, I don't think that they've actually done a true job in quite a while. A lot of the stories that they've been telling with him have been subpar, not using him to his potential at all. You you have somebody who was the only Green Lantern for years and years, and now basically he's relegated to being just another one of the group. Yeah, which, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, because... I mean, ideally, Green Lantern should be a team book, as far as I'm concerned. But it feels like the fact that the core is back should be this enormous deal to Kyle, since he doesn't have to carry the load himself anymore. Right. But he got over the shock of, hey, it's back, almost immediately. And we didn't really get to see that play out too much because of everything else that was happening around him. And I think it's probably best that we don't even mention the Ion miniseries right now. Oh, dear God. (laughs) I, I... Because, uh, you know, at the time, Jeff Johns had been going with Green Lantern. It was awesome. Green Lantern Core was going. It was great. And then, like, the Ion miniseries comes up. And I think, like, the same month or something, that Guy Gardner two-issue thing came out. And Oh, that, yes. Oh, yeah, man. Lead, leading into that, I was like, this is amazing. There's going to be, like, four awesome Green Lantern books <laughs> yeah. out now. Oh, and man. I, oh, I can't, oh. 
it was just so horrible. I had blocked out that Guy Gardner book until you just mentioned it. That Guy Gardner book, I don't know if it, they even count it anymore, but it like sets the character back 20 years. I'll tell you, yeah, it, it definitely does that. There is only one redeeming quality. There's literally just one, as far as don't I... Don't say the art. Don't say the no, art. No, 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 no. Not the art. Because everybody looked like a man. The the women, like, they're supposed to be sexy space women. They look like men. Yes, no, that, that definitely wasn't it. That was not his best. That was, what, Howard Chaikin? I think so. I'm almost positive it was Howard Chaikin. And that was just, it was bad. And like I said, the only redeeming quality was the fact that they referenced his Valdarian bloodline. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, because that was something that when it was taking place in the Guy Gardner book, it was an interesting story. He couldn't be a Green Lantern anymore, so they gave him a different set of powers so that he could stick around. You know, since I like the character, if I couldn't have him as this character, I'll take him as this other character. And then in Our Worlds at War, they basically just said, oh yeah, that's gone, and that was it. Although I'll give them credit that when they did Green Lantern Rebirth, they did take a step or two to, I guess, medically get rid of that oh, part right. of his physiology, which... They really didn't have to. They could have just pretended like it never happened, but they at least showed that his body kind of like cleansing itself of that. Yeah, rejecting the the weapons. But yeah, that was that was it with that book. Everything else was just oh, virtually unreadable. That was the angriest Gnort I've ever seen in my life. He looked he looked like a werewolf or something that was going to like maul anybody he saw. I don't I don't, I don't understand how that book got made. Probably because it had Howard Chaikin's name on it, and that's about it. Yeah. You realize that we're wrong about who did the art? Like, Howard Chaikin is going to hate us, and he'll be right to do so. Oh, well, yes, that's totally within his right. But no, I am I would bet my reputation as a lantern caster that that was Howard Chaikin doing the art. Do we really have a reputation yet? Not really, so it's a safe bet. <laughs> You're like, here, I'll bet you this invisible check for $100. <laughs> Part of me wants to go back and read that Ion miniseries again, or maxi-series, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Just because, I don't know if it'll make more sense now, because it seemed like, I'm just talking about the story, it seemed like 12 issues of just completely random events happening one after the other, nothing ever getting explained or, it, or it's, referenced again. Yeah, it started out decent. It started out where they brought in Nero again, and Nero was using some of the powers, or he was accessing part of Ion's powers without him knowing, or something along those lines. And then it just totally descended into, like, complete madness, where I had no idea what was going on at all. It says something when the most interesting and most coherent issues of the book were, like, the two towards the end where the tangent characters just kind of show up out of nowhere and then leave again oh i forgot about that it felt like if they had kept going they were getting closer to a series that made sense didn't they also feature the bleed in that book yeah 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 kyle met captain adam <laughs> in there i forget why he was there but yeah he ended up in the bleed right i think this was still when they were like teasing countdown right okay i can confirm that guy gardner collateral damage which came out in 2006 was in fact written, penciled, and inked by Howard Chaikin. He wrote it too? Yeah, he wrote it, he penciled it, and he inked his own work. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we have nobody to blame but Howard Chaikin. 
we're gonna get letters from Howard Chaikin fans. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, anybody that has anything to send us, go right ahead. Do we have an email address or anything like that? No, we don't. I was actually thinking about that like a week ago. I'm like, I should set up a Gmail account, and then I didn't. <laughs> I'll I'll do it later tonight or something. Awesome. If you'd like to send us email, send it to. Uh, I'll tell you later. Yeah, we'll edit something into that later, and we totally won't. So people will be no. like, well, I totally want to send them email, but I have no idea where to send it. Yeah. After ep- episode two, we'll have a uh, – no, episode one, technically, we'll have a uh, – is this still zero? Uh, I don't know, actually. We're, we're running pretty long. This might actually be episode one. Whatever the next episode is after this one, we'll have information for contact stuff. We should call this episode zero, and the next issue, we episode, uh, next episode we put out, should be episode two, and then tell everybody <laughs> that episode one was the lost episode. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> because then, in like five years from now, we can record an episode and say this is actually episode one. This is what was meant to come out, and we could be like, yes, and this is what I forecast will happen, and we'll say everything oh that happens over the next five years, and be like, oh yeah, man. we were totally right. Too bad we didn't put that episode out. I think we should start from zero, and then our next one should be negative one, and then just keep going through the negatives until we loop back around. Loop back around? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a ring. Ah, I see. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, right. so as far as a website, let's uh, see. I'm not actually going to put this episode up until after I've registered the name. Let's see. Do you have one already, or do we... I do not. Right. I'm checking as we speak to see if the name that I want to get is available. Are we still recording, by the way? Yes, we are. Cool. This is totally going to be down for posterity. I'm sure everybody's yes. going to want to listen to this anyway. Somebody's like, they better not pick my name. They better not pick my name. <laughs> it would be perfect if we could get lanterncast.com. It's going to be like a fly fishing website or something. <laughs> Nighttime fishing. That would be a good name for that. People with, like, rubber pants just go to it and just, I don't even know. I don't know. You've lost me. Good. And now, just to date this episode, tomorrow's election day. Ooh. Oh, oh that's right. It's... <laughs> what? No, I forgot tomorrow's election day. <laughs> oh, I'm glad oh, I what? reminded you. Yeah. Uh, it would come up. <laughs> But just to confuse our listeners in the far future, because this will be immortalized in the Smithsonian or something, <laughs> we're not going to tell you what year. <laughs> Take that, the future. I'm trying to think if I have any advice that I could give future me, but nothing's coming to mind. Travel back in time and teach present you how to use recording software. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think future me is going to know how to do that either. So as of right now, the website name is available. So really? Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you can download this episode from lanterncast.com. Now, the only thing with that is if they're listening to this episode, then presumably they already know where to get the episode. Hmm. I don't think it could hurt us. <laughs> Maybe we'll put up some extra information. Okay. <laughs> Sound like a plan? Sure. No idea what that could be, but all right. <laughs> no. It's going to have my name. Awesome. I could put your name on there, too. All right. And the background will be green. I like it. Right now, it'll just be a place to stick episodes, and we'll figure out content later. That works. Okay, so we've been recording for a while. I'm not going to actually say how long we've been recording, since I'm going to have to edit some stuff out. Or how long we were not recording when we thought we were recording. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
to everybody that is listening to our inaugural episode. You missed out on a great deal of blooper contents when we did not know how to record. Should we, like, talk a little bit about ourselves so people know, like, who we are, where we're coming from with all this, or? Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is something we should do. Okay, we'll talk to everybody else next episode. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm totally not even going to edit that out. No, don't. Leave it. It's too perfect. It's personality. I'm not going to edit any of this episode. I'm just going to throw it out. People are going to be like, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe we should wait till next episode to tell who we are and what we're coming from. Yeah. Okay. That works. You know what? Just just to tease what's coming up, I think either in our next episode or one of the ones that follows depending on if we just ramble some more we're going to be taking an in-depth look at the secret origin story that just wrapped up in issue 35 it was like seven issues long okay that's going to wrap up this first zero episode of the lantern cast i'm jim ford i'm dan kurtsky and do we have any special kind of tag to close on we have absolutely nothing. We have nothing. <laughs> so stuff will be coming. We're, we're I'm working on getting us like theme music. Yeah, we don't even and... have music. And here to play us out, oh my God, is Dan. Stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs>